The IFBF meeting is happening tomorrow night is the um, opening service. And uh, so as Pastor mentioned this morning, the Morgans uh, were hoping to come. They are not able to come now. Uh, it's a matter of prayer. Um, Ron Hamilton was given anywhere between two minutes and 48 hours to live. And so, um, so they're going to stay there with the family. So just be praying for them as they he could go at any moment here. Um, and so just be praying for the Morgan family, the Farrells, the Hamiltons, all that are connected with them. Um, so they will not be coming now, but there will still be a service where we sing one of the songs that Adam Morgan has written um, with some orchestra. And so um, that will be at 6 o'clock if you're planning on rehearsing with us. And then 7 o'clock is the service, and then it will continue on on Wednesday morning as well. But that's um, so just some breakout sessions, stuff like that. So but 7 o'clock tomorrow night, you're welcome to join us here in person. Uh, Rick Arrowwood will be speaking. He was a pastor at Crosspoint for quite a while, and so he'll be preaching, and uh, just some special music as well. So that's tomorrow night for the IFPF meeting. Our Caregiver Resources class continues again this Thursday. We've had two Thursdays so far that have gone well, and so um, just an awesome opportunity for you to get some extra knowledge there, uh, 7 o'clock on Thursday. Our Moms of Littles is this Friday at 6 p.m., so you can see what they have. Uh, Today is the last day to RSVP, and so uh, if you are hoping to come, scan that QR code. Uh, If you don't get it now, you can talk to Miss Gale as well. Uh, Gail Smith will give you all the details for that, but that's this Friday. Uh, next Sunday is a different schedule than normal, right? Morning service will be just like normal. And then we recommend you go home or grab a bite to eat and then come back here at 2 o'clock for a special service with the Tonal Defenders, which is the soccer teams from Maranatha Baptist University. And uh, they're excited. I was just up there visiting with uh, one of our college guys just this past weekend. They're all excited to come. They can't wait to come down and sing at our church. Uh, but that will be a 2 o'clock service next Sunday, and then we will have no evening service. So if you show up at 6 you'll be here and you can go hang out with Pastor, I guess, but he'll probably be at his house. So uh, 2 o'clock and then no evening service. That's next Sunday, all right? So normal morning service and then 2 p.m. for the afternoon service. Our teen camp campaign, we're going to try to get our teens to camp. And so we're doing it a little differently this year. Usually we set out envelopes with uh, numbers on them. This year we're going to do something differently. We heard a great idea from Miss Irma. We're going to have you donate your age. And so uh, for some of us, that's not as many as others in here. Um, I'm not going to get myself in trouble. Um, so, but donate your age. I think it's a great idea, and uh, we'll be able to cover um, getting our teenagers to camp. They're going to the wilds this year. Really excited about it. Have about 40 going. It's just a wonderful opportunity for them. So, donate your age. Uh, you can either give, drop the envelopes in the back, or you can give online. But if you do, please let Pastor Andrew know so he has a record of you giving online. Our Lay's Banquet is coming up Friday, May 12th, and uh, the last Sunday to sign up is April 30th. So, it's coming up quick. Not next Sunday, but the following Sunday. So, uh, make sure you're looking at your calendars, and we need guys to sign up as well. All that's out in the lobby, so that's coming up in just a couple weeks. Now, our missionaries of the week are Brian and Jennifer. They're in an undisclosed location, um, so I won't give too many details. If you want to read more about um, what's going on with them, you can read in the back. We have a uh, Miss Faith diligently prints everything out, and uh, we're thankful for what she does. So if you have any questions that you want to look at, you can read their uh, their prayer letter out there. But they do ask for prayer for one specific lady that's been coming. And uh, she's been coming, and she's really burdened for her family. And so she brought two teenagers with her from her family, and uh, they need to they need to see the love of Jesus Christ in their lives. And so they're just praying for that specific family, and uh, a couple other things as well. You can read in the back after. All right, go ahead and stand with me. We will pray, and then we will uh, join together in worship and song. All right, let's pray. Our precious heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you for another day that you've given to us to praise and glorify you. Lord, come before you now um, as needy people. Uh, we, we bring the Hamilton family before you. And, uh, Lord, there's so many people that have been impact, impacted by their lives and uh, by Pastor the Pirate and all the ministry that he has done through that ministry. And, and, Lord, we just come before you now 
um, that you would just give comfort and peace to the family um, during these last days and that you would um, you would just glorify yourself through his life. And uh, Lord, we thank you so much for the FBF meeting that's coming up. And I pray that, you would just, that, that would just be a wonderful time of fellowship and a wonderful time of uh, worship to you as we sing and hear from uh, Brother Airwood. I pray you be with us tonight as we come before you now in song and then also in, from the word as well as we prepare our hearts for revival in just a couple months. And Lord, I pray you would just use this time now to unite our hearts together in worship, that we would uh, set aside distractions, and Lord, that we would lift our hearts to you as we worship you together. We thank for these things in your name. Amen. Remain standing. All right, let's join together and we'll sing His Robes for Mine. His robes for mine, a wonderful exchange. Clothed in my sin, I suffer needs a grace. Drink in His righteousness, unjustified. In Christ I live, for in my place He died. I cling to Christ and marvel at the cross. Jesus forsaken, God is free from God. Bought by the cross, my heart is not my own. I praise my all, shall be for Christ alone. It broke for
Amen. I love that song, His Robes for Mine. Think about the message of that song. It's powerful. I like it because it's one of those songs that doesn't dumb things down for us, right? has good, uh, good content and just makes us understand the things of Christ. Birthdays and anniversaries this last week. Anybody have a birthday this last week? We already mentioned two of them this morning that weren't going to be here tonight. Anybody else have a birthday this last week? No birthdays? Anniversaries? This is like one of those really weird weeks because either that or somebody is just keeping their mouth closed. My job's done. Okay, uh, then we have scripture. Jonathan, come on up. To those of the congregation which are able, please stand for the reading of sacred scripture. The book of Joshua, chapter 1. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong, and of a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong, and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. May the Lord prosper his word whereto he sent it. You may be seated. I'm coming, I know. I got the offering out of order this, this morning, so I thought I'd just do it again tonight. Why not? Uh, I was sitting there just thinking about uh, Joshua 1.9. Who does that make you think of? Anybody? Miss Jean Bowen, yes, Miss Jean Bowen. So I was just sitting there thinking, you know, what a, what a joy. If you miss knowing Miss Jean Bowen, then you miss knowing Miss Jean Bowen. That's all I can tell you. Uh, so there is, by the way, a Hope in Christ meeting uh, on May the 1st after the evening service. See Miss Jeanette if you have any questions of that. Uh, so, you know, with that, the men, you can go ahead and come forward. So with that in mind, uh, so this is a cancer ministry, and I thought I was also thinking as I'm, uh, Joshua 1.9, as we're... Uh, have so many in our church all of a sudden going through a journey that they did not know, but the Lord is with us whithersoever we go, right? And uh, wow, what a great promise that is. So we're going to take up the evening offering. Brother Chuck, would you ask God's blessing on the offering, please? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. and We thank you for the opportunity we have to be together to worship you 
in singing and hearing your word as, as well as giving to you. Lord, I pray that you'll guide us tonight. Lord, what we know not, teach us. What we have not, give us. And what we are not, make us, that we may be what you need us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Katie, had, uh, Katie Miley's been working on that one for quite some time. That's a competition piece for school that she's putting together. And she's playing that this coming week for competition, right? Yeah, so practice. <laughs> That's what this was. All right, let's, uh, let's sing together. And can it be? Let's stand.
Thank you, Miss JL. Appreciate that. So, just so you all know, around here we don't typically clap as far as like applaud clap, but um, when it's our kids, we do. We want to encourage them, and so we appreciate when the kids. It takes a lot to stand up in front of a group of people and to do those kinds of things. So thank you, Miss JL. So I don't know how old Miss JL. How old Miss JL? Six. Six. Dad, I guess I can. Six years old. So good job. That was impressive. And uh, Miss Katie's in sixth grade, and so we got to hear from two of the kids. And we've always been the kind of ministry that uh, allows for you know our kids to uh, be used. And so we we love that. And so we want them to learn how to serve God and enjoy serving God. So we do that. We're going to be in in if you'll take your Bibles, please. Uh, we're going to be in the book of Nehemiah, chapter eight. We're going to be doing things a little bit differently tonight. I'm going to treat tonight much like we would a cottage prayer meeting, all right? So I'm trying to give you an idea of how a cottage prayer meeting might work. Um, so we're going to, I, you know, we're just going to do this. Now, cottage prayer meeting, quite honestly, if, you're, if you choose to host a cottage prayer meeting, there's a sign-up on the little table out there in the, uh, in the, the breezeway, whatever you call that thing. And um, so you can, you can sign up to say you're willing to host. And to host, you can sign up for a day of the week that you prefer, and then a time that you prefer, like morning, afternoon, or evening. If we did a morning, it'd probably be like 10 or 11 o'clock, you know, something along those lines. If you did an afternoon, probably about 2 o'clock. Uh, if you did an evening, probably about 7 o'clock. Uh, we need some of those scattered around because some people can't make it in the evening, some people can't make it in the morning, some people just prefer the afternoons, whatever. Uh, so uh, that's the sign up. And I want you to kind of understand how that cottage prayer meeting concept works, and we're going to use this tonight to kind of do this together, right? You mind that? And so it's really going to be like a prayer meeting, Bible study, together. We're, we're looking at revival, and we're asking God to do something unusual as we have a week of revival coming up in June. Dave Young, if you've never heard Dave Young, you'll love him. If you've already heard Dave Young, you already know, and you're going to enjoy you know, his preaching uh, God always uses him when he's here, and so he's going to be preaching for the week. Uh, we're looking forward to having him in, but we want God to do something unusual, and part of that is what we do to prepare for it, right? Revival uh, seldom just breaks out, seldom breaks out. If we use this morning's message uh, from 2 Kings chapter 22 uh, and looking at Josiah, how long was the prep, prep work? 18 years. Remember, he did that which was right in the sight of God, it said in verse 2. And then it said in verse 3, and he, he was a king for 18 years, and then revival comes. You know, so there's a lot of groundwork often to be laid. It doesn't, doesn't happen uh, that God's spirit does unusual things among his people. Uh, God's people have to start thinking through that process and, and making themselves willing to let the Spirit of God take them beyond where they've ever been in their spiritual walk. I, I often think uh, of uh, Joshua, since we read from Joshua tonight, and I love that, that passage, but in chapter 3, where it says, um, and I'm paraphrasing here because I don't know it exactly, but I think it's verse 5, where it says, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. You know, it's like, wow, God's just getting ready to to show himself strong to these people. And if you think about the prep work that went into that revival, 
you know, because they're out there in the wilderness, wandering around, rebelling against God. There's, you know, typically, uh, before revival comes, there's this time of lull. There's this time of God's people drifting away. And, and so then you have that revival. And so that prepper was 40 years. And God says, you know what, we're going to wait until everybody that's in this group dies off and the next generation is going to know what revival looks like. And uh, then the, the groundwork begins to be laid. And then they're standing at the edge of the river and sanctify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And if you keep reading the story, by the way, you know, the, the priests are like commanded to walk. And as they are walking, the waters part and they walk across the Jordan River and into the promised land finally uh, getting into the promised land, and what, a, what an incredible thing that God is beginning to do there. And so we're, we're really looking for God to just do some unique and unusual things in our midst. Uh, this morning, as we walked through Second uh, Kings chapter 22, we were looking at, you know, finally when, you know, th- there were things that need to be dealt with in God's house. They had to go in and literally clean out God's house from the idols that they drug into God's house. Uh, they had to then go beyond that and figure out things that were, you know, out there in, the, in society that needed to be cleaned up. There's a lot of things that were happening there in, in uh, 2 Kings chapter 22. Well, here we are in Nehemiah chapter 8. And, uh, you know, you, you understand Nehemiah as they're rebuilding, right, the walls around the city. Uh, they, Ezra rebuilds the temple. Nehemiah is rebuilding the walls. And in verse 8, again, things begin to happen. And it says, And all the people gathered themselves together as one man into the street that was before the water gate. And they spake unto Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded to Israel. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would just meet with us tonight and help us, Lord, to be willing to uh, ask the difficult things of you. And to be willing to prepare ourselves afresh and anew, to surrender our lives to you, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto you. And I pray that you would uh, truly prepare us for a a week of meetings, but beyond that, that prepare us for a a meeting of your spirit and your power, afresh and anew on our ministry, on our families, uh, on our individual lives. And Father, we'll thank and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so what we're going to kind of do is walk ourselves through this passage of Scripture, another passage that shows forth a great revival taking place. And, and we're going to stop, and we're going to pray, all right? So we're going to show, I want to show you how if I was leading a, a cottage prayer meeting, it would be something along this line. Uh, it's, you know, uh, there's, there's not a right and wrong here, okay? So uh, you don't have to take notes necessarily. Uh, we're just trying to show you how to walk through it. I'm, I'm hoping that... This will embolden some of you sitting on the fence trying to decide, do we dare try to host something like this? What does it mean to even host something like this? And it literally just means you're going to open up your house, let people come in, and then you know, you're going to either you or someone that you assign will, will lead it. If somebody says to me, Pastor John, I, I'm willing to have my house open, but I need somebody else to show up, then we'll ask a deacon or one of our pastors to go to your prayer meeting during that time and, and help you in, in the leading of it. But quite honestly, uh, I'm with the Apostle Paul. Do you remember what the Apostle Paul said? I hate when I wasn't planning on this, so what does it say? But the Apostle Paul basically says this. I am convinced that you are capable 
of admonishing one another, of doing the job that God's called you to do. I'm, I'm, in other words, it doesn't take a pastor to do this. God's people ought to be able to pray, right? It doesn't take a, a pastoral staff member to make this happen. So I'm, I'm convinced you can do this. My job tonight or my, my, my goal tonight is to give you that confidence, all right? So here we are in verse 1, and we see two things. And we're going to ask the Lord for these two things, but here's what it says. All the people gathered themselves together. What's the phrase? As one man. What do we call that? What's the New Testament word for that? Unity, right? Unity. All the people gathered themselves together as one man. Now, by the way, uh, you've heard me say this before. I'll keep saying it again and again because it's true. Unity is not, how do you say this word? Unanimity. Unanimity. Is that the word? In other words, we don't have to all agree to have unity, right? We don't have to all think that blue is our favorite color in order for us to be able to have unity. That's not what unity is. not isn't the idea that we all agree. Unity is the idea that we're all willing to disagree in a godly fashion. That's unity. Well, there's no way we all agree. that We just don't on everything. Even about the Bible, we don't agree on everything. But... The reality is we're all here worshiping God together because we've chosen unity over this idea of having, you know, absolute, um, you know, conformity to one thought or one fashion. So we're, we're, we're looking for unity. One of the things that is a necessity for the Spirit of God to step in and do incredible things among his people is a spirit of unity. Uh, the Bible, you know, in Acts chapter 4, I think it is, it says, and when the people prayed. Remember what happened when the people prayed? The house was shaken. The power of God came up on the place in such a way that the house was shaken. One of the, one of the unique qualities of the church, Jesus says, throughout, uh, throughout uh, all of the uh, New Testament, and then Acts says it again and again and again, is this concept that we're going to love one another in spite of our differences, right? Jesus said, and hereby shall men know that you're my disciples, if you have love one for another. And again and again and again in the New Testament, or in, in the book of Acts especially, it is there of one heart, of one mind, of one accord. There's this unity concept. And so as, as we're approaching the revival times, we need to ask God to, to make sure that there's unity among this body. We want God to do something unusual during that week of service. So we're asking God to bring us a uniqueness of unity that our church would experience more than we even do now. Because I, I really think that's almost hard for our church. I, I love the fact that our church just works so beautifully together. If you've ever been to one of our business meetings, you just laugh at them. You know, they're laughable compared to most church business meetings uh, because we... Our business meetings usually are less than 10 minutes, and we just agree, and we go. We just move on. We don't spend a lot of time in the things that we don't agree on, and I, I love that. It's a great concept. So I, I struggle to think, how much more unified can we become? And yet I know that because we are sinners, saved by the grace of God, that our sinful nature is still battling the unity that God wants us to know. And so we're asking God to unify us, and especially around this concept of revival. Um, there will be some of you, I'm just being honest, this is just the nature of the beast, there will be some of you who just won't even bother to show up. 
it's not convenient. And there'll be some of you who won't bother to go to a single one of the cottage prayer meetings because it's not convenient. And I'm asking God to do such a work that that number becomes less and less and less the closer we get to this meeting. That there's just a, there's a unity about us saying, we want, we want, not pastor wants, we want God to do something unusual during this, meet, this week of meetings, to bring about revival. But there's a second thing in this first verse that we're also going to pray about in just a moment. Uh, I've, I'm going to ask one of our deacons, uh, let me see, I'll just start with you, Brother Chad, since I've got you on the top of my list here. Uh, we'll start with you. And you happen to be the closest one sitting to me when I was standing over there uh, writing down the names of all of your deacons. So I gave them fair warning. Don't panic. Uh, but look at what it says as it goes on. They gathered themselves together as one man. And I love this. And they spoke. This is not the pastor leading it. This is the people saying, this is what we want. And look what it says. They spoke to Ezra, the scribe, and saying what? Bring the book. Bring the book. To get to, the, to get to the place where, as a body, more than we want coffee and donuts, more than we want fun and fellowship, more than we want, we want the book. The number one request of the people, bring the book. Pastor, we don't want your opinion. We don't want a story. We want the book. Bring the book. Now when God's people become unified around that idea, God begins to do some things. We're asking God, I want us to start asking God to make this book primary to this body. We love each other. And this church could fellowship its way right into heaven. I mean, we're just, we could just, if we, if we just could, could just have an eternal breakfast together until the Lord comes, we'd be happy. I mean, we love that fellowship. We're good at fellowshipping. We're great at fellowshipping. We are. It's one of our strengths. And I'm not, that's not a criticism. That's one of our strengths. Do not misunderstand. It is a strength. The joy of the Lord is a fruit of the Spirit, and God's people ought to express it, and we do that well. But this book must be primary, because the fellowship can't happen apart from it. I've loved this last year. Um, for years, I've said it, prayed for it. The last year or so, I've watched it. Often when we leave our services, I'm listening to people talking about the Word of God, the message. It's, it's something that's just slowly begun to, to change. It's not just we're walking out and talking about the game that we're going to get ready to watch or talking about the next event that's coming up. It's, it's a, being consumed by the book. Because... The word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Right? That's, that's what's going to get our kids through this mess that's out there. It's going to be the word of God. It's not going to be the fellowship. Fellowship is not going to do it. It's going to be the word of God. Ultimately, the word of God, it endures forever, right? Not one jot or one tittle shall, shall go pass away, right? It's going to endure forever. 
And that's what's going to get us through. It's going to be the Word of God when the difficulties come. It's going to be the Word of God that sustains us. How is it, by the way, that our young people are going to clean up their lives? Wherewithal shall the young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. It's the Word of God. So when God's people have a unity about them saying, the book, give us the book, bring the book, read the book, that, that's going to begin to change things. I'm going to ask Brother Chad if he'd come up, please. You can pick a microphone, whichever one's closest to you, men, as you come up. And Chad's going to lead us in prayer. So this is what I would do if it was a prayer meeting. I'd bring up a topic, and then we'd have somebody pray publicly while the rest of us are praying privately to the Lord, asking God to bring unity, and asking God to bring our focus to the Word of God. Brother Chad. Heavenly Father, we love you. Thanks for loving us and for caring for us. I thank you for our church. Lord, as we prepare for revival and get ready for it, I pray that you would would give us unity in seeking your face. Lord, give us unity in prayer. Holy Spirit, guide us as we pray um, to seek you and to um, draw near to you and closer to each other. Lord, help us to uh, love each other like you love us. God, I pray that you give us a desire for your word. And again, Holy Spirit, as we read your word, help us to understand it and to um, just grow closer to you. God, thanks for loving us again. Thank you for our church. And I pray that you would uh, light a fire in our hearts. Please give us revival. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, I'm going to ask a question. I'm just going to ask you to be transparent, right? We're not going to put the camera on you. The camera will be on me, and so it doesn't really matter. But uh, you say, Pastor John, I'm just going to be honest. I'm, I struggle. I struggle to be consistent in reading the Word. Just be honest with me. Tell me. I, I struggle to be consistent in reading the Word. So there's a significant number, about 25% of you. And I remember a conversation I had one time. I won't tell you who because they're here. And, uh, and they came to me and they said, Pastor, I have to be honest. I, I want to read the I want I want to read the Word. But sometimes it just it just doesn't do anything for me. I mean, they're just trying to be honest. It just doesn't, you know. And, and I'm just going to tell you, so I, I walked them through this scenario. How do you learn to love something? Because they were like, I, don't, I, wanna, I, I want to read the Word, but I don't love it. That's, that's the, was basically what they were saying. I don't love it. And so how do you learn to love something? Well, uh, you know, it's the same, and I, so I compare it to food, right? There might be a certain type of food that you don't like. But your mom says, you can't go to bed until you clean your plate, or you can't watch TV. I, nobody cleaned their plate is going to bed. But you can't uh, watch TV, or you can't go outside until you clean your plate. And, and after a while, you begin to develop a, an, an, you know, an appetite for that food. So, well, you know, maybe this isn't so bad. And then if you keep that going, eventually the thing that you just didn't like at all becomes one of the things that you absolutely love. For instance... I never drank a cup of coffee in my life until I was 40 years old. And now, if you know me now, you're thinking, there's just no way. But I didn't. I couldn't stand coffee. I didn't like it. It just tasted nasty to me. I liked the smell of it. Everybody always says, right? I like the smell of coffee and I like taste. And so, but eventually, because I got embarrassed by going to a pastor's meetings and saying, do you have some milk? <laughs> I love milk. I love milk. Still do. I still love milk. 
But you know, I started drinking coffee, right? And then, of course, Starbucks came into the scene, and Starbucks put all the sugar and everything in it. So I started learning to like it with all this extra stuff in it. Now I don't drink it with all that extra stuff. And in fact, I don't even like any cream in my coffee at all, ever. Uh, but, you know, so it's just what it is. But I developed it. So now, if you know me, if you're in my Sunday school class this morning, you know that by the time I got to my Sunday school class this morning, because we were talking about things that be- can become um, controlling in your life, right? Controlling. By the time I got to Sunday school, I'd already had four cups of coffee this morning. Four cups of coffee this morning. And, and that's not unusual. That's pretty much the way I start my day. And I get up and make a pot of coffee. And, and I'll drink on that pot of coffee. And usually, I will finish the pot of coffee on my own. pot of coffee every day. Uh, so that's a lot of coffee, I know. From a guy who didn't even like it, you know, until I was 40, to now it's my drink of choice. Unless I have milk. I like milk. But anyway, that's, uh, it's my drink of choice. I like it. So... Uh, Asking God to do something. That's just a side of one. Let's keep going or I'm going to never get us out of here. Good. Verse 2. And Ezra the priest brought the law before the congregation, both of men and women, and all that could hear with understanding upon the first day of the seventh month. And he read therein before the street that was before the water gate from the morning until midday. Whew. Now, we can guess how many hours that is, but we are talking hours, you understand, Right? We're not talking minutes. We're talking hours from the morning until midday. And so the second aspect we begin to see of this revival is a couple things that's very simple. One is just patience, right? It is patience. That revival doesn't come in a moment very often. It's God doing a work as we're listening, as we're taking in God's truth. It's God doing a work. So part of it is patience. And as we're going to have this next prayer time, we're going to ask God to give us patience. Pastor, I've always been told, don't pray for patience. Why not? He'll give it to you. James chapter 1 says this, the trying of your faith worketh patience. Right? That's, that's the way patience comes about, is that it's a trial, it's a difficulty. So don't pray for patience. But I would go on. You, got, you can't stop there in James. Because the next verse says, but let patience have her perfect work. In other words, patience is worth the trial. Do you understand? Patience is worth the trial. Because patience does a work of maturing, this perfect work. It grows us up. And so part of this process is is patience. Uh, The next part of it is also pretty basic. And that is a willingness, a willingness to sacrifice time for this to take place. It's not convenient. By the way, if you'll notice, it says they were standing. They were standing. And uh, from morning to midday. Don't worry, your pastor's not going to do that to you. But we're talking about hours. This is a long church service. But they're not only patient, but they're willing to make the sacrifice. God, we are so... We are so convinced that we need a moving of your spirit in our midst that we're going to stand right here and wait it out. We're we're unified in this concept. And God, we want so desperately that we're willing to, to make the adjustments for you to do something in our midst. 
Folks, if you think revival is going to come without any kind of sacrifice, you're misunderstanding what revival is. You're misunderstanding. You remember what we talked this morning? You know, one of the things about revival is that you know he rent his clothes and he humbled himself. Uh, revival comes at the at the price of personal sacrifice. And one of the problems we have in America is that we've we've adopted convenience as our go-to in our in every way of life, right? I mean. We sure everybody loves homemade ice cream. Nobody makes it because it's not convenient. Well, I, I say everybody loves homemade ice cream. I'm assuming you all are smart enough to love homemade ice cream. But anyway, uh, we all love homemade ice cream. But you know the reality is it's not convenient when I can just go across the street buy some ice cream from you know Walgreens and have it right now, and I don't have to put all that effort into it, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. We've bought into convenience as a way of life in America. And we've, we've brought that right into our spiritual walk as if convenience is the most important thing. Uh, we, let's just be honest. You know, we, look at all the things we do for our church service just so nobody is inconvenienced. We'd hate for somebody to have to sit crowded. Wouldn't that be awful if we had to sit crowded in the church service? So we don't want that to happen, so we do everything we can to try to keep that. Because we, we become so convenience-minded. And so, in our next time of prayer, which will be Brother Darren, um, we're going to ask God to do a couple things here. God, please, first of all, you know, give us, what was the, what was the uh, first thing there? The, you, no, we did unity. What was it? Patience. Thank you. Patience. Give us, give us patience. I'm going to have to go back to my notes. Give us patience. And I'm going to ask us to pray for it. Let's ask God to bring about a, a willingness to be patient, even if it requires trial to get to that point, to know the greatness that patience can bring, the goodness that patience can bring. And then, you know, beyond that, that we would be willing to be inconvenienced, that, God, we would, we would make the book, that we would make our spiritual walk such a priority that we would actually miss a show if it meant God's moving. That we would miss going out to dinner if it meant God's moving. That our schedules are, are reformatted so that God will do a work. So patience and a willingness to be inconvenienced if necessary for revival. Brother Darren, would you come and pray and let's ask God to do something unusual. Father God, we're so thankful for your love, as Brother Chad mentioned, the way you love us, the way you are patient with us, and, uh, and you continue to work on us each and every day. And as the psalmist says, Lord, it says, it says Lord, wait. May we wait, uh, wait upon the Lord. Lord, let us, let us not run ahead of you. Let us not go to places where you're not ready for us to go. But we do pray, Lord, that you would, uh, you would uh, give us that patience as you work on our hearts. And, uh, and uh, as our pastor has told us before, they're, they're you reveal things to us in your time. And so I pray, Lord, that you would give us patience as we, as we uh, uh, look towards this revival. And then secondly, Lord, we do pray that, uh, that as things come up, as people question us, as we invite people to the revival services uh, 
I, I pray, Lord, that, uh, that even if it is con- inconvenient for us to, to talk to someone after work, uh, to, um, to be able to uh, spend more time at the restaurants talking to the servers, inviting them to the re- revival services, witnessing to them. I pray, Lord, that if it's, if it's a, an inconvenience for us, I pray that that would be a conviction to our hearts and that we would welcome the inconvenience as we, as we go about your service. And once again, Lord, we do thank you for your love, and we love you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Get down to verse 3. You're going to love this one. And this one's not an easy one, but listen to what it says, verse 3. And he read therein before the street that was before the water gate from morning until midday before the wind and the women, those that could understand and the ears of all the people were, what's the word? I want you to listen. (laughs) I want you to listen. Because attention is not my job. Do you hear me? It is not my job to be so entertaining that you cannot take your eyes off of me. If you look at this passage, there's very little that would draw you to this one. They stand and they read. That's what they do. They stand and they read. The idea, the willingness to pay attention is a personal choice. This is you. It's all right there on you. It's on me to pay attention to the Word of God. For instance, I love, I love uh, using, there's a, there's a Bible program called Bible.is. Bible I don't know why they call it that. It's just what it's called. Bible.is. It's free. That's why I like it. it, it uh, I like it because it, it offers a variety of ways for you to listen to it. You can listen to it in dramatic format with music in the background. It's really cool. I like that. So if a woman's talking, then a woman reading. If it's a man talking, the man's reading. You know, if God's talking, the voice echoes. And, you know, just like you imagine it would be. And, and so I like that concept. But here's what I find. If I'm not careful, I pop in my earbuds. I'm listening to God's word. But you know what I'm not doing sometimes? Paying attention. Because it's easy to pop those in and just go about doing something else and uh, not really be paying attention. We've got to choose to pay attention. I can't make that happen. I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to take lessons on how to entertain, right? I can sing and dance, but I'm not going to, right? Uh, that's not what I'm here for. And so it's up to us to be attentive, to listen to what God is trying to do, to actually pay attention when the Word of God is read, when the Word of God is spoken, when, when you're actually having your devotions, you've got to pay attention. And so I'm going to suggest that we ask God to give us an attentiveness, that we would pay attention to life in general. I, I, I can't wait to get to heaven to find out all the near misses that I've had in my life that I don't know anything about. Some of them I should know about, but I just am not paying attention. But how many times have we almost died, but God was gracious? How many times have we almost, you know, lost a friendship, but God intervened? He was gracious. And, you know, we've got to pay attention. Life is happening. It's coming at us 100 miles an hour. And sometimes it's easy to put that attention on the back burner and just let life happen. But we have to become attentive. 
And attentive is not merely hearing, right? What else does it mean to be attentive? To respond to it, right? To obey it. So if I'm attentive, would you agree with me that if, if I say to my son, take out the trash, and he says, I hear you, Dad, that I don't count that as attentive, that, okay, then do something about it. Take out the trash, right? But if he actually hears me and then responds, ah, that's an attentiveness. That's what we need about the things of God, that God would make us to be attentive. So Brother Ken's going to come, and Brother Ken, you're going to pray, and we're going to ask God to give us a heart and a mind, a willingness to pay attention when God is trying to speak to us. In fact, how many, as he's coming, how many times can we remember that we know the Spirit of God's been speaking? We know it. But we opted not to pay attention, not to do anything about it. If we're going to see revival, we have to have an attentiveness to the things of God. But Kim, you ask God to bring that to us. Mr. Heavenly Father, Lord God, we just thank you and praise you, Lord, for who you are. God, the way you work in our hearts and our lives, and God, as this, this uh, revival is coming up, God, may our hearts be ready long before the revival gets here or the meeting gets here. And, Lord, I just thank you and praise you, Lord, for this this past year being able to leave my sister and brother-in-law to you and pray, God, that we all would be ready to lead someone to the Lord, not because of revival, but just because uh, living for you every day, and we'll just praise you and thank you for all you do in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Going down to verse 6, I'm, I'm, I know I'm out over time, but time doesn't matter tonight, right? I'm just kidding. I'm going to get you out of here, I promise. But take a look at verse 6. We've got two more of these to get through. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen. And lifting up their hands, they bowed their heads, and they worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. I can probably count, and I've been your pastor for 32 years, but I can probably count them just two of my hands. The number of church services where I left here thinking, wow, we walked in the throne room together today. Where there was just a movement of the Spirit of God that brought us into God's presence in such a way that we found ourselves collectively worshiping this God of ours. And if we're going to see revival, folks, we have got to get to the place where worship is something we come ready to do together. It doesn't happen accidentally. You know, we, we, we literally say things like this. We're going to lead, we're going to have Pastor Andrew come, he's going to lead us in worship. That's what we do. It's to lead us in worship. But we can only lead people who are willing to follow into worship. And I'm just going to be honest. The number of times I've stood up, I'm going to lead you in worship. And I'm not even really genuinely thinking about leading us in worship. I've just got something I want to say. The number of times that we, we miss it. If we want to have revival, folks, we've got to recognize that the God we're coming before is worthy of worship and worthy of praise. And we've got to be willing to come before Him, lifting up our hands, our faces to the ground. God, it's You we come before to worship God. 
A church that starts the service with worship will end the service with the Spirit of God having done something. And it needs to happen. I'm asking Brother Devin to come and let's just pray and let's ask God to, to do that work in our hearts that we're willing to worship God together. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for your love toward us and we love you in that you are incapable of not loving us and showing us your grace. And Lord, I pray that even now that this would be the start of the revival in June, Lord. That our hearts would be so turned to you and drawn to you that we cannot think of focusing on something else. That we cannot imagine an idol taking over our hearts. We cannot imagine being distracted, Lord. I pray that uh, our hearts, hearts would be ready. I pray that you would mess up our version of what a perfect service should look like in order that you be glorified and that our hearts are turned to you in such an incredible way that we cannot leave here without recognizing that we have been with God. And Lord, I just pray that that would start in each of our own lives as men and women, as husbands, as wives, as fathers, as mothers, as uh, grandmas and grandpas. Lord, I pray that this would start in our lives even now, Lord. And I pray that you would receive all the glory and praise. Thank you for your love toward us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Verse 7, we're, we're done. This is the last one. Also, Jeshua, Bonnie, Sherebiah, Jamin, Acub. You can keep reading all these different names, all those reasons why you're glad you have the parents you have. And we get to the... Uh, but look what happens. And, and I want you to point to, I want to point this out. This is... This, these are the average people. This is just, this is among the congregation. Look what's happening. Caused the people to understand the law. Going to verse 8, it says, So they read the book, read it in the book, in the law of God distinctly, and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. So in other words, here's what's happening. There's this preaching going on, there's this reading of the word going on, and then there's others taking up the mantle to say, let's make sure that we actually understand what's being said. What do we call that in our modern-day Christianity? Discipleship. It's called bringing somebody in under your wing and, and guiding them along. And when revival begins to take place, a church begins to embrace its role of bringing someone else in. And so Matt's going to come and he's going to pray and he's going to close us in prayer at this as well. But we're going to ask God to prepare us, to be willing, to be willing to be used by everyone in here has someone else that you can come alongside and encourage in, your Christian, in their Christian walk. Every age group, virtually, if you know Christ, if you're here this, this evening and you know Christ, you have that ability to be able to step up and, and help someone else come to understand the things of God. You say, well, I'm not that smart on the things of God myself, Pastor John, but there's always someone else who is not grown to the level that you've grown to. And this is huge. This is what, when this begins to happen, wow, God's word becomes, becomes alive and vibrant in the body. And the body has a spark of life that's 
different than before. It's called revival. Let's stand together. Matt's going to pray, and he'll close us out in prayer. Father, thank you for this time that you've given us tonight um, to spend with each other, to spend with you. And uh, thank you for meeting with us, as you promise you will. I pray that as we um, continue to prepare uh, for our, our special meetings that we have, you continue to prepare our hearts in the sense that we would uh, approach this not as just a way for us to personally take the next step, but to look around and, and take someone with us as well. I pray that you would um, place specific people on our hearts, um, whether they're um, you know regulars that, that always come to church or maybe uh, haven't come in a while. And that we would, even before the meeting start, perhaps even reach out to them and begin to pray for them as well. And that, Lord, um, when we get there, when we even get past the meetings, that we would look back and we would see the growth and the change and realize that it was only through you and your power that we were able to do that. I pray that you would be with us this week and even this week, um, whether it's people at work and neighbors and friends, family members, um, that we would... Uh, begin to invite and pray uh, for for these meetings and, and for our work to be done. I ask all these things in your son's name. Amen. I lied. Can't let you go yet. So Gary and Susan Richards, <laughs> Richards or Richardson? Richardson. Uh, have, we met with them about joining the church today. So, Brother Gary, have you trusted Jesus Christ your Savior? If you die right now, you know you go to heaven. Amen. And you have followed the Lord and believers' baptism. And it's your desire to join the church and serve the Lord in this place. Miss Susan, be trusted Christ your Savior. You have followed the Lord in believer's baptism. And it's your desire to follow your husband and Lord here to this place and serve the Lord here in this place. Amen. We had sweet testimony this morning. Good to hear from them. All those in favor of letting the Richardsons join the church, let me know we're raising your hand. Opposed, same sign. Uh, your son-in-law is like, no! <laughs> By the way, this is Nicole's mom and dad, Nicole and Lloyd's mom and dad, if you did not know that. So they're going to stay right up here so you know where to find them and give them the right hand of fellowship and welcome officially to the, uh, to the family. God bless you. Keep you. Make a space shine upon you. Give you peace. You are dismissed.